church, we get more younger people. But they come because they want to know more about Jesus. Okay? So, this morning we're in uh, Hebrews chapter 1. We're going to finish chapter 1 this morning. We're going to talk about angels to begin with. By the way, Don, one of the things I learned in my study about angels is that when God created the angels, he created them different than he created man and the animals. Man and the animals, and the animals for most part, were created in pairs. The, anim uh, the angels were all created together at one time. Okay? So with the angels, you don't have this uh, procreation and uh, that kind of a thing, but when the angels were created, they were created. Boom, and the same angels that were created at the beginning are the same angels that are there now. But you see the difference there? When God created Adam, he created Eve. When God created the animals, and when they went into Noah's Ark, they went in what? Pairs. Now, uh, Pauline would probably say, what about the amoeba? <laughs> I don't have an answer for all that, but, but generally the, the, there's a difference there between how we were created and how the angels were created. Okay, um, go ahead to our first slide there, David. God sent angels down to earth in the form of dogs with notes saying, don't judge, just love. They ate the notes, but they kept, keep trying to deliver the message. Now, haven't you seen all over the place cute things, cute sayings about angels? Everybody talks about angels. You know, um, who brought up Touched by an Angel? Yeah. That was one of those shows. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't think it was really biblical, but it was a really cute show, and it was better than some TV shows. Um, and so when we think about angels, we think about touched by an angel. Go to the next one. Um, angels can be sort of scary, right? And they can also be uh, really insufferably cute, right? And... Uh, we see these paintings and pictures of angels. What are angels really like? Well, I want to go over that with you this morning, what the Bible says about angels, so that you have a clear picture of what they are like. I went to lunch Thursday with my dad, my mom, and my sister. I said, Dad, have you ever seen an angel? And dad said, oh, yeah. He said, yeah. When I first came to Malala Manor years ago, I was ready to die. I felt like dying. And I remember four men standing around my bed. They didn't say or do anything, but I knew they were there to watch over me. I got better after that. <laughs> now, my dad's a conservative Baptist pastor, so he's not one of those flaming vision-type people. But, oh yeah, I've seen an angel. My mom says, I think I have sometimes too, but I'm not sure. My sister talked about a story where a little boy helped her at a time of need that was just different than anything she'd ever seen happen before. Well, there, at one table, and I could think of instances where somebody's helped me in a way that I'm going, where did that come from? Have any of you seen an angel? Pauline? Well, what, what did you see? What, uh, how would you explain that? 
Pardon? One minute. You've got one minute. Would somebody time Pauline, please? No. No. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. You would have fit right in with our lunch the other day. <laughs> now, can God do something like that? Yeah, he can. Irene. You get two minutes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can't hear me? I talk so loud. <laughs> okay. Um, my, my husband had been traveling in the fifth wheel, and he parked overnight at Markham. He got in there about midnight, and he didn't want to come and wake everybody up. We were living in Malala at the time. And uh, the next morning, when he got up, he had his breakfast. He got ready to leave, and he went out to check out the truck, and there was a, the minister and his wife were going in and out of the basement of the building right next to the church. And they were carrying big boxes. And he um, 
said, said that the, the minister was, looked like he had been quite ill. And he went over and he said, can I help you? They, uh, they told him yes. He said for about an hour they run boxes in and out. They were boxes of Bibles that were going to the Soviet Union. And the minister's wife told him when they finished, you are an angel. We were praying for somebody to help. And you came out of the fifth wheel. I like your punchline. Now, God can use us in the same way that he can use angels, like in that story. But there are things that we, we don't understand uh, and that uh, are actually commonplace. Now, what I want to do this morning, though, is to explain a little bit about what the Bible says about angels so you have a reference point to know for sure what we see in the scripture. Now, Hebrews 13.2 says this. We, we have actual scripture proof that things can happen that we're not quite sure of. Hebrews 13.2 says, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. That's pretty good. Maybe you have helped an angel just like Robert helped minister and his wife. You just don't know. Keep going. We're going to talk about some facts about angels. First of all, God has created beings with higher intelligence and greater power than us. These are angels. Now, what's interesting about that is that right now, they have more power, they can do more things, we're a little more limited here, but we actually have a position that they don't have. You see, I'm a child of God, I'm a part of God's family, I'm an heir to the kingdom, while angels are servants, first of all of God, but they're also servants of us. They still have more power right now than we do, but we have the position, does that make sense? In heaven, we will not only have the power, or not only have the position, but we'll have the power to go along with that position as they continue to be the servants or messengers of God. Because when we get to heaven, we will be like Jesus. I won't be Jesus, but in some ways, I will be like him, and we will see him as he is. So, this is one of the things that's very important for you to realize. If you see people worshiping angels, they've got it backwards. You see, God created the angels to be servants. Even though they're more powerful than we are now, they are first of all servants of God, created by Jesus. Jesus is in command of the angels. But they're also our servants as well. They are to help us to point us toward salvation. First fact. Number two. Angels are messengers. You know that's what the word angel means? Messenger? So if you go to Los Angeles, the name of the word Los Angeles is the messengers. 
Okay, that's where that word comes from. Angels are messengers. They inform us about God, what he does, and how he does it. They are ministering spirits. Remember how we talked about last week, somebody complained that, well, I don't want to believe in God because I can't see him. Well, duh, God is a spirit. And we worship him in spirit and in truth. And God has gone so far beyond that by sending us Jesus in human form that we can actually see God. It's amazing. But God is still spirit. And we worship him in spirit and truth. Angels are spirits as well. Ministering spirits in Hebrews 1.14. Number three. Angels are mentioned 196 times in the Bible, and it's pretty even between the Old and the New Testament. Um, 96 in the Old, 60-something in the, in the New. Something like that. Is that about right, Lee? I forget the breakdown, but it's all throughout the Bible that angels are mentioned. Number four. The angels were created by Jesus the creator of all things visible and invisible. Colossians 1, 15 and 16. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created. We're talking about the Son. In him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Have you seen stories and things like that where Jesus is subservient to the angels? I have. I mean, there are all kinds of permutations of angel-type stories. But actually, Jesus is their commander. Jesus is their creator. They were made, created through him and for him. So it's important when you remember angels that you realize that they have a master, and that is Jesus. There are six names for angels. Cherubim. These are powerful, beautiful protectors of God's presence. Seraphim, these are the burning ones around the throne in heaven. They're called the holy ones in scripture. They're created perfect, set apart. Now the word holy means set apart and different. Like when I say, Shay, you're holy. That means you're set apart. You're different from the guys you work with because you're a follower of Jesus. And even though you're not perfect, Jesus has made you perfect because you put your trust in him. And you continue to ask him for forgiveness if you mess up. That's what makes you holy. Set apart. They're holy ones. They're called a host. And this is a military term. Uh, the armies of heaven. Like when uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, can you imagine what that was like for the angels, the host of heaven, looking down and seeing our creator, our commander, as a little baby in a manger? The host of heaven. And did the angels sing 
that first Christmas? Maybe, but maybe not. See, the word is say. When the, when the angels shouted, you know how an army or a company of men will shout out uh, different commands or different things, and, and uh, pretty powerful when a group of men or powerful beings in this case are shouting out glory to God in the highest. Wow. Do you think the shepherds were scared when they heard that? You betcha. It wasn't soprano, alto, tenor, bass. It was woof. Okay? Military term, the host of heaven. And the sons of God, in Genesis 6-2, um, there's a lot of interpretation there that uh, uh, these were the fallen angels, angels who decided to follow Lucifer, who um, actually intermingled with the humans at that time. And one of the reasons for the Great Flood was to, to eradicate that mixture, which was uh, something that was very abhorrent to God. Now we also have another term, the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. The angel of the Lord, and that the is important. Because when we see that term, there was only one, the angel of the Lord. Um, keep going. In Joshua, we see the angel of the Lord. This is one of my favorite passages, and I know I've mentioned it over and over, and so hopefully it's sinking in a little bit. Because in Joshua, before the Battle of Jericho, uh, here's what it says. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Don't change it yet. What was his answer? Thank you. You remember. Isn't that interesting? This angel of the Lord or the commander of the Lord's army says, I'm not for either side. Keep going. Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, this is one of those references of the angel of the Lord. Now, what if... What have I told you? What, who do I believe this is? Somebody help me out. It's God, but is it God the Father or God the Son? Son. So that would mean this was Jesus talking to Joshua in the Old Testament before the Battle of Jericho. Do you buy that? Wait a minute, Jesus hasn't been born yet. Is this a time warp thing? No. It's what you call a theophany, a, where God is seen in human form, or a Christophany, where Christ is seen in human form as the angel of the Lord. Now, if you struggle with it a, that a bit, um, I don't have a problem with that, but let me give you my reasons for why I think 
this is the angel of the Lord. Here we go. First of all, the angel of the Lord is identified as God, speaks as God, shares the privileges of God, different than God the Father, and the angel of the Lord is not seen again after Jesus came to earth. Now, if we go back and look at that story of Joshua, when he talks to the angel of the Lord, or the commander of the Lord's army, the commander of the Lord's army says to Joshua, take off your sandals, for this is holy ground. And this is where you worship, because I am here. Now, why couldn't that be an angel? Someone besides Lee, he knows it all. <laughs> why, why couldn't it be an angel? There we go, because we already talked about angels are servants, right? Created by Jesus, and to serve Jesus for him, and to serve us as well. So something different is going on here. And when it talks about the angel of the Lord in other scripture passages, it's talking about the Lord talking to my Lord. So you have God the Father and God the Son in conversation when it comes to the angel of the Lord. Speaks as God shares the privileges of God. Uh, as we've gone through the series, um, Living Truth, gone through each book of the Bible, over and over I've seen um, the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament talking to men of God, helping them, sharing with them, directing them. And like with Joshua, Joshua said, whose side are you on? neither. For God so loved what? The world. And possibly Jesus' heart was saying, if only, just like he said with Jerusalem, if only the people of Jericho had obeyed me. And maybe he was thankful that Rahab did obey and follow him so that she and her family were spared. And that's why Jesus, as the angel of the Lord, could say to Joshua, well, I'm on neither side. Because I love the whole world. And what's happening now is you're obeying. And they've had hundreds of years to obey, and they haven't done it. And this is the judgment for them. And it's going to come through you. So... That's why when we talk about the angel of the Lord, that's why I believe that that's Jesus. Does he walk with us and talk with us? Yes, he does. Did he walk and talk with them? Yes, he did. Keep going. In Hebrews, to finish up the chapter, I want to read these verses to you. And then I'm going to pass out your sermon notes in the form of a letter. In fact, every chapter in Hebrews, I'm going to end up by giving you a letter so that by the time we finish Hebrews, we've got 13 or so letters that you're going to have that summarizes what the author is saying to the Jews. I'm getting the idea from you, Irene, because I love how readable your sermon notes book is. And so by having 13 letters, you have a summary based on scripture of what each chapter says. Just readable. And you'll see what I mean in a minute. 
Let's go through this together. Now, what's happening in the book of Hebrews is the author is saying, folks, don't follow the angels, follow Jesus. Don't do what the people in Qumran are going to do when they go to a monastery and believe in the angels. You follow Jesus. And here's why. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels, what? Worship him. In speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. But about the son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, in the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth. This is God the Father talking to God the Son. In the, he also said, in the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. Was Jesus involved in creation? There. It's right there. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment they will be changed, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool of your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Who are those that will inherit salvation? That's us. Why are angels sent? They're sent to minister to those who will inherit salvation. Wow. Okay, I need someone to help me pass these out. Here's the first letter from Hebrews to the Hebrew church. Now, it's been updated a little bit because there are things you need to remember that we struggle with. We struggle with how do we place angels in our worship and how do we place angels in our thinking. So it's updated a little bit, but Barbara, would you help me pass these out? And uh, hey, Ron, let me give you some too. Would you pass those out? And as we finish today, I want to read this letter to you because it's not only to the Hebrew church, but it's to you as well, what we need to remember about angels. Uh-oh, you took my copy too. Thank you. All right, I don't have it memorized. Okay, I'm going to start reading. This is taken from the chapter. Dear friends, the only way that you can get out of your discouragement 
and handle the tough times headed your direction is to run to Jesus and not away from him. Remember we talked about the Hebrew church going through persecution and it was starting to get worse? It is through Jesus that God speaks to you. Why? Because Jesus is God himself in Hebrews 1, 1 to 4. And those angels that you are making TV shows about, that's what we see today, and putting on your dashboards were created by Jesus to point you towards God and not to replace him. God never told an angel, you are my son. That was Jesus. God never told an angel, I'm your father. That was Jesus. God never wanted the angels to be worshipped. That was Jesus. God never gave the angels an eternal throne and a scepter of justice. That was for Jesus. God never gave the angels the highest place of honor. That was for Jesus. God never let the angels partner with him in creating the heavens and earth. That was Jesus. God never invited the angels to sit at his right hand until his enemies are destroyed. That was Jesus. So if you're going to put up pictures, make them pictures of Jesus. Because any protection you have through his angels comes from him anyway. At least with pictures of Jesus, you can get rid of those funny-looking wings. The Bible never said that angels have wings, except for the cherubim and seraphim in heaven. Now, did you all know that? There are no wings. Now, cherubim and seraphim in heaven, it talks about wings around the throne, but nothing in the angel sightings throughout the Bible, you don't see wings. Just a thought. What is important about angels? Well, a lot, really. You just need to quit worshiping them. They are spirits in flames of fire. They live in heaven, they can go wherever God sends them. They can look like a stranger on the street that you help or helps you. They are at the command of Jesus to serve you and to point you to salvation. And you have to be careful because there are bad angels that can try to point you away from Jesus as well. Right now, angels can do more than you can, but you are God's children and they are only God's servants. When you get to heaven, you will be like Jesus with more of his power and the angels will continue to be your servants, created and commanded by Jesus. So go tell somebody about Jesus and quit worrying about how many angels fit on the head of a pen. Don't insult them like that. That's our first letter from Hebrews 1. And my admonition to you today is that would you please focus on Jesus? Be thankful for the angels and give credit to them for the power and the way that they can help out. But folks, if you are spending a lot of time on angels and very little time on Jesus, you're out of whack. Okay? Jesus is not only their creator, he's their commander. And Jesus has given us the angels as ministering spirits. Isn't that amazing? 
Do you have, how many of you have friends that are really interested in angels? Raise your hand. Anybody? Nobody's interested in angels anymore? Jerry, you do? It's okay, but would you point him to Jesus? Because there's someone even better than the angel. That's Jesus. An angel won't save you. Only Jesus can. And if you'd like to know more about what the Bible says about angels, look at the bottom here. Do you see that uh, website? Bible.org. There's an article called Angelology. That's the study of angels. Okay? Say that five times fast, Jack. Right? Angelology. And it's a doctrine of angels. Very interesting. But you see, have you noticed where our focus has changed this morning? It's not on angels. It's on who? Jesus. Okay, Easter's coming up in a couple of weeks. What's our focus on? Jesus. So, I'd like you to invite somebody to come to church, but I'd even like it more if you talked to them about Jesus. Or prayed about an opportunity to talk to them about Jesus. And then say, oh, by the way, if you want to meet a bunch of people that love Jesus, why don't you come to church with me? Any questions? Did you learn something about angels today that you didn't know before? Irma, what did you learn? You were shaking your head, right? Did you know that they didn't have wings normally? Everybody knew that? Yeah, it's sort of a nebulous kind of a thing. Anybody? Sherry, did you learn something about angels that you hadn't realized before? Do you understand why when we talk about the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, we identify that with Jesus? Because that angel is functioning like God, not like a servant. And it could be an angel, but that angel comes from Jesus, and it was made by Jesus, right? So don't forget to give Jesus credit in the process. Now, in Luke and Acts, there are two references to an angel of the Lord, not the angel of the Lord. But what's another proof of the fact that this is Jesus in the Old Testament is that after Jesus died and rose again, there's no more reference to the angel of the Lord. Why? because Jesus now is at the right hand of the Father, and Jesus is still with us because we have the Holy Spirit. Right? That's why you don't hear about the angel of the Lord anymore in the New Testament. Well, Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that Jesus created the angels and helped you in the creation of the earth, and the plan of salvation through Jesus and through you, Father, your heart is so evident in us today, and we thank you for that. We thank you for how great you are.
We thank you for angels. We thank you for those servants that you've given to us that sometimes we see, sometimes we don't. But Father, we thank you that they are ministering spirits to point us towards you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Lord bless you. Have a wonderful day today. James, praise the Lord for the job. Give us a report next week. Hope it goes well. Okay? Thank you, folks. Thank <music> you.